and welcome to this episode of the ASHA podcast. I'm Fred Wyant with the American Sexual Health Association, ASHA. January is Cervical Health Awareness Month. And of course, one of ASHA's programs is the National Cervical Cancer Coalition, NCCC, which has chapters across the country. So of course, January is a really a prime time to spotlight all of the work they do. And we actually have a chapter leader with us today. She's the head of our Louisville, Kentucky chapter. And she also, by the way, just happens to be the newly crowned Miss USA, Elle Smith. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Uh, we, so, so are we. So give me the scoop. Does your reign officially start January 1st or, or when? It's already started. So okay. the I was crowned. It started immediately, and I immediately flew to um, Israel to compete at Miss Universe. So I was thrown into the world of Miss USA from the jump, which was a little bit exciting and nerve-wracking. Of course, of course. Wow, yeah, that was that 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 was quite the segue. Wow. Well, I have to ask you. So I've seen the video, but tell me that moment when it was your name that was spoken. And you knew the crown was yours. Are you stunned? Are you overjoyed? Can you believe it? What's that moment like? I think if you watch the video, you can see that I was just stunned. I did not believe it. I was shaken. It was such an overwhelming feeling. And this was the first time that they'd done that format with eight girls standing there. So you're surrounded by all these accomplished, strong, independent women. And you're thinking, it could be any of us. So I had no idea. And so they called Kentucky and it was just pure joy. And the first person that I wanted was my mom. So <laughs> that's immediately, I was like, I just want to have my mom. It was such a surreal feeling. Oh, wow. Okay. So I, I really want to ask how you got here. I mean, on top of everything else, you're a broadcast journalist uh, and you're used to being in front of the camera, but wow, what a platform you have now. How did you get involved with Miss USA? You know, I'd been thinking about it since I was about, oh goodness, probably around 14 was when I first got that pageant bug, you know, it kind of bit me, um, but I'd been thinking about it and thinking about it, but this past year was the first year that I committed just because it was the first year that I could genuinely afford it. You know, pageantry is a little bit expensive, and so I waited until I had my big girl job reporting, and then I immediately signed up. I was like, I'm going to do it this year and commit. Um, but it worked out because the two worlds are a little bit similar. You know, you have to be, um, you have to have those communication skills for both pageantry and reporting. You have to be able to be in front of a camera for both. You have to be able to speak to a wide variety of people. So there was a lot of skills that transcended from both pageantry, to, well, from reporting to pageantry, I should say. Yeah. So you talk about your job reporting. So uh, remind me, your background, you, you have a degree in journalism from the University of Kentucky. Is that right? So you're a wildcat. There you go. All right. All right. Well, during basketball season, I won't talk to you about, about that because I'm a Duke fan, but we'll, we'll move on. We'll move. I know. You, you'll forgive me, I'm sure. All right. So now you've made your way to the NCCC family, too. You're the leader of your own chapter. And you chose cervical cancer awareness as a platform you're going to focus on during your reign. I know there's a history of cervical cancer in your family. So would you talk about how that led you to NCCC and, and cervical cancer advocacy? Absolutely. So when I was um, planning my pageant journey, um, you're supposed to pick a platform. And I wanted something that was incredibly close to me that I was going to be passionate about. 
And I was passionate about my grandma. Um, we all know grandmas are the best people in the world. And my grandma was my favorite person. Um, and she actually was diagnosed with cervical cancer in 2015, um, 2013 and then passed away in 2015 from cervical cancer. But prior to that, I had never heard about cervical cancer. It wasn't something that we discussed. Um, and so I think awareness and education is something that I'm going to be extremely passionate about for the next year with this massive platform. And that is why I was adamant about working with the NCCC. Yeah. So she had a two-year journey there from, uh, from the point she was diagnosed. And you touched on my next question because I think the family connection is, is so important and it's, but it's often overlooked, you know, because we talk about NCCC does its work on behalf of patients and survivors, but also family members and caregivers, because they are such, as you know, they're such a part of the equation. So I was going to ask, did you and your family know anything about cervical cancer? But it sounds like it just came at you out of the blue. What, what even is this, right? That's exactly what we were thinking. We were thinking, what is this? Um, what's the game plan? We had never heard about it. We have never discussed it. And my grandmother um, had five daughters. And so um, we're surrounded by women. We have all these women in our family and we still had never discussed it. And I think, um, when we were discussing it, it was too late. And that was that's that was the issue in our family. Yeah, and that, that that's a really good point there. It was too late because uh, you know, now of course these days we have the tools to prevent almost every case of cervical cancer, but there's still an issue with making sure that everybody who needs screening tests has access to them and that they understand what it is they need to need to have, making sure everybody who's eligible for the vaccine gets it. Um, because it is so preventable and it's just heartbreaking, you know, uh, especially now with all these great tools, which we didn't have years ago, but now we do. So that's why it's so important that you're helping us, you know, get the word out about that. Um, so let me go back a bit about, uh, about the family. I mean, what, what was missing from the education and the support you received? I guess what, are, what I'm really asking is what, what resources would have really been helpful to help, help all of you sort of get through this and understand what your grandmother was going through? I think education would have been the first thing um, that would have been beneficial. We just needed to know what cervical cancer was and have the conversation about getting your preventative screening, getting those pap smears, and also the vaccine that was available. Um, I learned actually the other day that my grandmother had an abnormal pap smear nine years before she was diagnosed, um, officially diagnosed in 2013, and she just didn't take she didn't take the medical care that she needed. Um, and so I think it was because she didn't know the severity of what could happen, then relates back to education. Um, and so there are a lot of things. Um, she, education is at its core, what really I think would have changed the game um, in regards to my grandmother's diagnosis. Yeah, I, and I, I think you're, you're spot on there. We, uh, NCCC has a patient education tool called Understanding Cervical Cancer Prevention. And it's an online tool with two tracks. There's one where like, if you're about to enter screening, you're about to go for a PAP test or an HPV test. Then another for if you've had an abnormal test, you have a follow-up, you're like, what the heck is going on? And that's why that was developed, just to, just to ideally empower patients, not only so that they understand the process, but so they feel empowered so that they can speak up and ask questions and feel like they have the confidence to go back and forth, you know, with their medical team, because it's intimidating, you know? Um, and uh, I, I'm not sure, I, I don't know how, how much of that really would have applied to your grandmother, but it's just really, there's a lot to unpack, you know? And if you don't have the tools, you just don't, a lot of terminology that, you know, of course we're not familiar with it because we haven't been through it before. Um, 
that is a big, yeah, I mean, that, that's just such an issue. So I'm, I'm glad that you brought that point up. I mean, do, do you have a sense when you said your grandmother had her abnormal pap maybe like, like nine years previously, it, it sounds like maybe she, they just, did, it wasn't conveyed to her. Like, look, this is really what you need to do. Here's what's happening. Well, I don't know um, what was going through her head, the doctor's head during that time period. I, re- I just found out about a week ago um, about that. And so when I found out, there was frustration on my part because I was thinking, Grandma, you found out you had an abnormal pap smear. Nothing was done to take care of it. Why? Why? So then you may, then you start thinking, oh, would she be here if she would have taken care of it earlier? You know, if would have addressed it. You, those are answers that you don't really, you will never know. But it right. sparked conversation of what steps can be taken when a woman gets her abnormal pap smear to, you know, prevent anything else from happening. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, that's a good point. Um, yeah, and the other thing that I was thinking about as I was listening to you that we haven't touched on yet is there's a lot of stigma and even some shame that goes around this. I mean, cancer itself, any type of cancer carries some element of stigma with it. But when you add in something that's happening, you know, with, you know, the reproductive organs, uh, that's almost like a double whammy, you know, and it's, and it's, you know, it, and that's something that's difficult. It's not just for patients, but sometimes healthcare professionals are not altogether easy in talking about these things. That can be a real barrier. I mean, we know there, there's some research that's, that's indicated that a lot of times women don't go for their screening exams because it's just, it's just very, it's uncomfortable and awkward. And, you know, we really need to do a better job of making it less awkward. And I think someone like you is probably going to give us a good head start on that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, well, let me ask you, um, what will your year look like? I mean, how, how do, you, do you think you can use the Miss USA platform to really get out your messaging? You know, gyne- we just touched on it. Gynecological health is so uncomfortable to talk about, but we need to normalize talking about it. And I think that can definitely change the minds of women. Um, if they hear people talking about the importance of pap smears and just having the conversation on a massive platform like the Miss USA platform, I think that'll change people's minds. And also education, like we talked about earlier, um, I plan on speaking with healthcare professionals, um, utilizing NCCC um, and your guidance and your education as much as possible on the best ways to distribute information, factual information um, to women, just to make the conversation around cervical cancer and gynecological health so um, a lot more comfortable to talk about, I should say. Yeah, I think that's a big piece. Of, we, we talk a lot about, you know, quote unquote, normalizing these conversations. You know, we always say you should be able to talk about this this kind of thing the same way you talk with your doctor or nurse about your cholesterol or something like that. You know, or getting your flu shot. Uh, we know we. I mean that it's. I mean that's maybe easier said than done, but I think that's really where we need need to get. And it's exactly what you talked. It sparks a conversation. We're talking about it. Um, and that's, it's just a matter of keeping that conversation going. Um, so let me ask you beyond the cervical cancer advocacy, give us some insight into what it's going to be like to be Miss USA. I mean, I know you're just newly crowned, but where will you go? Where will you live? What, what does your whirlwind year look like? You know, it is a whirlwind of a year. So I moved to LA. I live in Kentucky right now, but I'll be moving to LA in a couple of weeks, which will be exciting and new. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll live alone in LA and then I will just be exploring different avenues within the entertainment industry, um, obviously advocating for education regarding cervical cancer, but then also working with Smile Train and Best Buddies, other organizations. So it'll be a busy year, but I'm excited. 
I'm excited. Yeah, well, we're excited for you, and we're and it's we're just so so thrilled that you're a chapter leader and that you're really making this a focus of what you're going to do over the next year. It's it's a wonderful opportunity, and thank you so much for doing it. It's, this is probably not the easiest platform that you could have picked, but it's certainly a very important one, and we're grateful that you're rolling up your sleeves and doing the work. So thank you for that. Um, you know, I, I it will indeed be a busy year, but I'm hoping that throughout the year, if you've got time, maybe we could check in, even do a, some catching up with L segments when you have a bit of a break. You know, what? Yeah, so you let everybody know what you're doing, what you've got planned. I think that would be kind of fun. Yes, I love it. Absolutely. Whenever you want to do a catching up with Elle, I'll make time for it. <laughs> I will do it. That's, that's a plan. So Elle Smith, Miss USA and NCCC chapter leader. Thank you so much for your time today and for this for 2022. So I can't wait to get started. So, Let's get started. Excited. Right. Thank you. Let's get started. All right. So thanks to everybody who listened to this episode. We appreciate you too. Check back often to see what we're rolling out. And in the show notes, we will post links so you can follow Elle on social media and also to that patient education tool that I talked about. So thanks again. And we will see Elle and I will see you again soon.